Welcome to St. Andrew and to our virtual service for the 11th week of Pentecost. I'm Mark Rico, and on behalf of Pastor Nick Gonzalez, I wish you the blessings of Christ in your worship today. And if you'd like to respond to our service or get some more information about our ministries in person or online, we invite you to visit us at mystandrew.org. May God bless you in your worship and in all of your life as we begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us pray. Almighty God, merciful Father, we confess to you all of our sins and iniquities with which we have ever offended you and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. As we come before you, we repent of our sinful ways. We ask that by your mercy and love, you will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Renew us and lead us by the power of your Holy Spirit so that we may find joy in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you, and for his sake God forgives you all your sins. It is by the passion, death, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ that I, his unworthy servant, announce this grace of God to all of you, and I declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Hear now the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 15th chapter. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is being tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. Hi, everyone. Did you know there are 131 days until Christmas? There are 231 days until Easter and 283 days until my next birthday. These are all things we have to wait for, but we can count down the days until they happen. Sometimes we don't know how long we have to wait for the things we want. We don't know exactly when we can go back to school or when we can come to Kingdom Kids. When we have to wait for something we really want, it's no fun. It can make us feel impatient or uncomfortable. In today's Bible story, a woman asked Jesus to heal her daughter. She cried out to Jesus for help, but he didn't respond right away. The woman had great faith and was not discouraged when she had to wait for an answer. Jesus saw her faith and healed her daughter. This story reminds us that sometimes when we pray, we have to wait for an answer. In the waiting, God teaches us to be patient. He also teaches us to trust his perfect plan and timing for our lives. Let's fold our hands, bow our heads, and say a prayer. Dear God, thank you for always hearing our prayers. Help us to be patient in the waiting and remind us that you have a perfect plan for our lives. We love you so much. In your name we pray, amen. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As our scripture lesson for today opens up, uh, we hear about Jesus going away from the people. Uh, in fact, the word that we hear is he withdrew. And uh, specifically, scripture tells us he was withdrawing into an area known as Tyre and Sidon. Now, Jesus withdrawing, another way to phrase that is to say that Jesus was going to rest. And in fact, Scripture refers to this a couple different times. Jesus resting, yes, even Jesus needed to rest. And if you think about what Jesus has been up to lately, this makes even more sense. Um, in the Gospel of Matthew, before our text for today, Jesus has fed over 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. Uh, and then even more recently, he has walked on water in front of the disciples and calmed a storm before their very eyes. It's fair to say that lately Jesus has been quite the miracle worker. He's been the one that everyone claimed he would be, the one that he claimed he would be, the son of David, uh, the Lord. People have been talking about this. They've heard about him. And even though uh, it's not explicitly stated in our text, it's fair to say that word was traveling fast about this one who was preaching and teaching with authority in the synagogues. Now, the one who was going out 
and healing people, performing miracles right before everyone's very eyes. But for our story today, as far as we can tell, the person seeking Jesus is an outsider. Um, And even more specifically, it says that she came from out of the nearby region, which was probably Tyre and Sidon, and even more specifically, she's identified as a Canaanite woman. Yet, based on how she addresses Jesus, it's fair to say that she's at least heard about him. Uh, See, because these are her first words to him. In verse 22, she says, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. Right away, we hear how she addresses him. Lord and son of David. Uh, These are two ways that Jesus is referred to throughout Scripture and especially the Gospel of Matthew. In fact, the Gospel opens up. Chapter 1, verse 1, it says, An account of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So again, whether or not she's seen Jesus in action before, she's clearly heard of him and who he claims to be. But I also want to point out how she addresses him. See, Scripture tells us that she shouts to him, uh, and other translations say that she was crying or crying out. When you think about why, well, again, it makes sense. She's crying out to him because her daughter is being tormented by a demon. I'm not sure if any of you have experienced that before, but in Scripture, we're told it can mean a various amount of things. Uh, At other points in the Gospel of Matthew, we're told about people being tormented by a demon and therefore they're unable to speak and unable uh, to see. We're also told that it causes people to foam at the mouth, to be unable to control themselves. Obviously, being tormented by a demon is very, very serious. It's a dire condition. And so it makes sense that this woman isn't coming to Jesus calm. She's crying out, begging, pleading, shouting at Jesus, Lord, have mercy on me. Save my daughter. This Gentile woman, of course, has come seeking Jesus. And naturally, Jesus responds. Scripture tells us, in fact, that it's the disciples who hear this woman as well, and they go to Jesus, and obviously they weren't in the mood for serving because they said to Jesus, send this woman away. We, we don't want to deal with her. Just send her away. But here's what Jesus does. Uh, this is how Scripture tells us Jesus responds. He did not answer her at all. This woman had come from out of the region seeking this man, seeking the one, if anyone, the one that she thought she believed could heal her daughter, the one who was doing miracles before the eyes of many. And his initial response is silence. Now, many of you have heard me tell stories and and talk about my parents before. And in fact, some of you may have had a chance to meet them or greet them. Um, If nothing else, you may have even seen them when they were able to worship here at St. Andrew. Now, of course, 
it's been a while, and, you know, I've told them to stay away because they live in New Jersey, but uh, actually, I've seen them a few times. Thankfully, they're safe, we're safe, it's all good. But nonetheless, my hope is that, of course, one day, you'll get to see them soon when we're gathered together in worship. But I got to be honest with you. There was a day that I wasn't sure you would have had an opportunity to meet both of them. It was Friday, June 1st, 2012. I remember the year because it was right after my freshman year of college at Concordia in New York. I remember the month because I knew my brother was getting married just 29 days later. And I remember the day because, well, I don't think it's a day I'll ever forget. See, my mom is a teacher and she was getting ready to go on one of those fun end-of-the-year school field trips, and it was to a lighthouse about an hour away from home. Now, I knew about this lighthouse, but I'd never been, and my mom had said, oh, we might need some extra chaperones, you know, you should fill out some paperwork, so on and so forth. I was home for the summer, I wasn't really doing anything. Sure, no problem. So, I end up being a chaperone. My mom and I, you know, I get on the bus, we load this bus with all the kids, get on the bus, we're headed down, about 30 minutes or so into the trip, my mom calls me over and says, hey, look at this photo that your dad just sent me. And so I look at it and she goes, it's from right after his morning bike ride. Apparently, while I was away at college, my dad picked up bike riding and 20 miles was his normal route. So I, you know, I'm looking at this and I said to my mom, he looks tired. I mean, he looks exhausted. He looks like he practically had a heart attack. He's so tired. I remember looking at his eyes and I mean, he was just exhausted. But I said that to my mom, and she said, oh, no, he's doing fine. You know, he's got an appointment later on today with a doctor, and things are fine. I'm like, okay. So we get to the lighthouse, and uh, I would say we're there probably about 25, maybe 30 minutes. And my mom had given me her phone because she didn't want to drop it while she was out with the kids. And so uh, I'm walking around, and her phone rings. Naturally, I pick it up. And it's my brother's best friend's mom, who also happens to be a nurse at a hospital back home. And so I pick up and she says, hi, Evelyn. And I was like, oh no, it's Nick. And she goes, oh, sweetie, how are you? Uh, good. Um, is your mom there? And I was like, oh, well, you know, we're on a field trip at the lighthouse. Um, can I have her call you back? She goes, no, I need to talk to her right now. So of course I go find my mom, give her the phone. And immediately I could see my mom's face go blank. And I said, mom, mom, what's going on? Whispering, trying to find out what she's hearing. And she doesn't say anything. She listens intently, closely, and finally she hangs up the phone. I said, Mom, is everything okay? What's going on? She looks at me and says, your father had a heart attack. He's having surgery. We need to get to the hospital. Immediately, everything in my world stopped. We were able to take another teacher's car up to the hospital and now being over an hour away, I couldn't do anything else but cry. I remember being filled with, with fear and worrying, wondering, was the last thing I said about my dad that he looked like he had had a heart attack or that he was tired? What did I tell him in the morning? Did I tell him I love him? I, I, all the thoughts flooding my mind, wondering if this was it. And I remember hearing my mom say, just keep praying, just keep praying. And I thought to myself, if there was ever a moment that I would have wanted to hear God say, everything's going to be okay, it was then. 
But all I could hear were my sobs and my sniffles. As I prayed on the other end, it was silent. It was an hour of excruciating silence in that car ride. Maybe you've had a similar sort of experience. Maybe the silence has gone on for a day, or maybe a week, a month, a year. Maybe you're still experiencing that silence. It's a silence so loud, it it consumes you. It's a silence similar to the one this Canaanite woman experiences when she cries out to Jesus. Jesus' silence forces us to face the reality of disappointment and despair in our lives. Even if the silence only lasts for a moment, it feels like it lasts for an eternity. But it doesn't. See, because uh, in our story, Jesus breaks the silence. He, in fact, does so in a very interesting way, one that we're not really used to hearing from Jesus. Uh, See, because the first thing he does is he identifies this woman as someone who is outside of the fold, someone who is outside of the people of Israel. Uh, And then he refers to her in a way that other Jewish leaders would have also referred to her, a way that would have been familiar to her, though not ways that we're used to hearing Jesus talk. See, because other Jewish leaders referred to Gentiles as no better than dogs, ones who don't even deserve the scraps from their master's table. And so as Jesus says this to the woman, she looks up at him and she says to him, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. This woman knew exactly what Jesus was implying as other Jewish leaders implied, and yet it doesn't even phase her, because she knows who Jesus is. More specifically, she believes in who Jesus is. Of all the ways to identify this woman, Gentile, Canaanite, uh, you name it, the most important one is that we can identify her by her faith. She believes in Jesus. She believes that he is the son of David, the Lord, the one who fed over 5,000, the one who walked on water. She believes in him. Even Jesus' initial silence could not shake this woman's faith. She has faith knowing and believing in Jesus and who he is and what he does. Now, I'd be lying to you if I said that In that hour-long car ride, my faith was stronger than ever, because it wasn't. I remember having all the questions, being filled with all the fear, and instead it was my mom who urged me to keep on praying. Just keep praying, just keep praying, just keep praying. Even through my sobs and my sniffles, my tears, just keep praying, just keep praying. And I imagine she experienced the same sort of silence that I was experiencing wishing to hear God's response, and yet feeling as though we heard nothing. Much like the Canaanite woman, we were crying out, Lord, help us. Save my father. Save my daughter. 
save my husband. This silence was so deafening. Now, of course, thankfully, I'm able to say that my father survived a heart attack. And I'm able to give thanks for every day that he continues to influence my life and the lives of so many others. But I know that isn't always the case. I know that isn't always the outcome. And you might know that too. You may know that there's been a time when you've cried out to God and you told him what you wanted and it just didn't happen in the way that you wanted. Instead, you can still feel the pain. You can still feel the sadness. You still have questions for God. You can still remember the silence. And yet, there is a place where an even greater silence exists in your life. A place that you might not have actually seen it before, but I know you've heard about it. A place where the silence is so loud, it's as if it's ringing in your ears. It's the empty tomb. See, because the silence of the empty tomb is a reminder that your faith is not in vain. The silence of the empty tomb is a reminder that your faith is not in something dead. The silence of the empty tomb is that your Lord, your Savior, your hope is very much alive. And I promise you that one day even that silence will be broken because the silence of the empty tomb will be filled with the echoes of alleluias and amens. The silence of the empty tomb will be filled with the voices of all the saints rejoicing, your voice and my voice rejoicing as we hear the words of Jesus proclaimed to us the same way he did to the woman on that day. Great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And so until that moment, until that day, as we cry out to God, as we seek His mercy and His love, we do so with hope. Knowing that He hears our cries, knowing that one day the silence will be broken as He calls you by name into eternal life with Him. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grander earth has quaked before sound of his voice and seas that are shaken and stirred can be prompt and broken for my regard and through it all through it all my eyes are on you and through it all
And through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you, and it is well with me. Far be it from me to not believe Even when my eyes can't see And this mountain that's in front of me Shall be thrown into the midst of the sea
eyes are on you And through it all, through it all it is well And through it all, through it all My eyes are on you And it is well with me God has made us his people through our baptism in Christ Jesus. Living together in trust and in hope, we confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Gracious and merciful God, Make us joyful in our worship this day and empower us to welcome and embrace all who are alienated from your family or feel unworthy of your love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bring reconciliation and justice to our nation, healing to the world, patience in suffering and dependence on your grace that we may grow in our understanding, respect and love for one another and above all for you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bring comfort and consolation to all who mourn and to all who suffer and heal that they may know your loving presence. Give them peace and bless them with the peace the world cannot give. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Provide for the hungry, the homeless, and the unemployed and make us servants to them in your name and for your glory. Guard and protect all who guard and protect us raise up godly leaders to bring relief, unity, and healing to the whole world, and grant us faith to overcome all doubts, especially in these difficult days, that we may always live in the sufficiency of your grace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. According to your steadfast love, O God, hear these and all the prayers we commend to you, thankful for your love and trusting in your mercy, through your only Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who remembers us in his kingdom and who has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Go in peace. Serve the Lord.